Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Hey guys, today I have an awesome privilege to interview one of my personal mentors, Paul Martinelli, and we're going to be discussing how He went from a high school dropout to partnering with one of the best known leadership speakers and authors in the world to build arguably the largest training, speaking, and coaching business in the world. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that My Creative District and Worldwide Dance Challenge has just reopened enrollment into the Worldwide Dance Academy. If you know anyone that would be interested in learning how to dance from instructors across the world, right from the comfort of their own home, have them visit WorldwideDanceChallenge.com slash academy to learn more. Well, Paul, I am super excited about this conversation. You know, you have an amazing story from high school dropout, starting a cleaning company with 200 bucks in your pocket, you know, scaling that to a very sizable business, and then deciding it's time to change directions and build one of the largest speaking training coaching businesses in the world by which I think is one of the interesting things about your story, partnering with the leading leadership author in the, in the world. So I'm super excited to to talk about your story and how all of that came to be. So welcome to the show. Ray, thank you, Jesse. And thank you to all your listeners. It's great to meet all of you uh, through this virtual platform platform and congratulations on being able to connect with Jesse. Uh, And I know many of you uh, are interested in bringing your gifts and your talents forward. And I've just watched Jesse over the last four or five years, continue to be committed to creating channels for people to bring their gift forward in life. And and that's one of the things that I just love about what you do, Jesse, is not only do you bring your gift forward, but you're a lid lifter. And and, and, uh, I just love that. I appreciate that, Paul. I appreciate that a lot. And so if you take a look at your, the point where you're at in your life now, super, super successful, have built multiple successful businesses, have uh, partnered with some of the biggest names in the you know, in the leadership and mindset space, had chances to speak on stages with the biggest names. It it didn't start there. I think one of the things I love about your story is you had all the reasons why uh, you shouldn't quote unquote succeed and why your dream wasn't possible. And so I kind of want to bring the context of that uh, into the conversation here. So let, let's let's go back to the 12, 13-year-old version of Paul Martinelli. What was going on in that time and, and what did school look like? What were you engaged in as far as activities were concerned? If you look at the first half of my story, particularly the time stamp that you kind of looked at, it's a story of struggle. If you looked at my life, you would have, you would have just said a silent prayer. I mean, I was going in the wrong direction <laughs> in every area of my life and I was picking up speed. I was raised in a pretty violent home, physically, emotionally, verbally abused. That environment caused me to have very little self-esteem, no self-confidence. I spent probably the first 10 or 12 years of my life with a debilitating stuttering problem. 
that was all just anchored in anxiety. I didn't know when I would come home whether I was going to get beat or hugged, right? It was one of those kind of environments. I was told at home that I was dumb and stupid. And then because I stuttered when I would go to school, the kids would tease me because I was dumb and stupid because I, 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 I spoke like, like, like this. So they, they, they thought that that meant that I had a learning disability. The, the teachers then labeled me as learning disabled. And so, you know, I just, I believed everybody. Our belief drives our behavior. At 13 years old, 12 years old, I was into the martial arts, kind of working out at a, at a local dojo. And I think that is probably the first pivotal thing in my life is I had an opportunity at around 14 or 15 years old. I met a guy by the name of Curtis Sliwa who founded the Guardian Angels in New York City. For the first time in my life, I was able to join an organization where I found an identity outside of kind of my limiting belief that I would never amount to anything. The seed was planted, right? At least a seed of possibility. There wasn't a test that I didn't fail. There wasn't a class that I didn't fail. That led to me dropping out of school and landing dead-end jobs after dead-end job. Now, you drop out of school. While you're coming up in school, what are some of the ways that you started to even learn young about entrepreneurship. I was that kid in the neighborhood that I was always knocking on your door. If it was if it was wintertime, I was knocking on your door to shovel your snow. I was always kind of an entrepreneur. For all of you who are listening, I don't care what you're in. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your past is. There is a voice inside of you that's that's trying to communicate to you that there's more for you in your life. And that's your spirit. Your spirit is always seeking fuller expression and fuller expansion. And I would learn later in life that that voice is your truth. We look at what we're in right now. We look, you know, here I am. I'm making $4.10 an hour. You know, I'm smoking pot. I'm not a nice person. From those conditions and circumstances, the dreams I were having for a future had no place to land. There was no match from what my spirit was telling me was possible and what my, what my results were showing were real. At what point in your life did it come from these things that you heard to these things that you believed? I had someone come into my life do what you're doing right now. You know, you are an awakener for people, right? You, you awaken people to their dreams. You awaken and challenge people to see, to see inside them something that they don't see. I was cleaning toilets. I started a, a, a cleaning company, bought a used vacuum cleaner. I was going door to door asking people if I could come in at night and, you know, empty their trash, clean their toilet, you know, just a janitorial service. And one day I walked into an office and the name of the office on the door was Ideas and Things. It was the name of the company, Ideas and Things. I thought that's a weird name, right? And I walked in the door. There was this guy who came out of the back office and he looked like a kind of a middle-aged hippie dropout from the 60s. He's got a Tommy Bahama shirt. He must have 17 wristbands, you know, save the whales, save the, save the seals, save the earth, save the trees. I mean, if there was something to be saved, this guy was wearing a band for it, right? And so I'm trying to pitch him cleaning services. And he says, look, look, fine, you know, I'll buy your cleaning service, but sit down, I think I can help you. He started to share who he was and his name was Patrick Hayes. And Patrick's father at the time was the chief legal tax attorney for the largest company in the world, Exxon. His brother ran, yeah, his brother ran the largest trading desk on Wall Street for Shearson Lehman Brothers. 
And he was, you know, he was a gazillionaire. He made bunches of money as a municipal bond trader on Wall Street and just retired. He was like 45 years old and, and done. And, you know, he had a huge trust fund already. And then he had made millions on his own. He said that he would be willing to mentor me. And he gave me a book. I could read but I had never read a book. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through this book. I'm going to mentor you through this book. I'm going to coach you through this book. Now, this was 1990. So when somebody says coach, you know, you would ask what sport. I was a little afraid because the title of the book was Think and Grow Rich. And I always associated thinking with intelligence. And, and I believed that I was dumb and stupid. And I said, well, you know, this isn't going to work. You know, I'm, I'm learning disabled. And Patrick said, would you do the work? Obviously, he saw something in me I wasn't seeing. And I said, yeah. Over the next three years, I was earning about $20,000 a time. Over the next three years, he took me through that book. And he would challenge every thought in my mind. The first goal he set with me was to earn $100,000. And as soon as he said it, the first thing I did was argue against it. I began to tell him all the reasons why I couldn't do it, why it was impossible. I was arguing against what I wanted in my life, right? Yeah. I wanted, I wanted, who doesn't want to, when you're making 20 grand a year cleaning toilets, you don't make toilets, you got to clean to make 20 grand. Of course you want the hundred, but for all of you, life is a fight for territory. Patrick was trying to gain territory into my belief system and I was fighting against it. What you fight for, you get. He taught me a process to challenge the conviction of my belief. Everything I was defending as to why I couldn't be and do and have was nothing but BS. It was nothing but a belief system that I had made an agreement with. Over the next three years, my income shot up to over a quarter of a million dollars. It wasn't short, shortly thereafter. I had become a millionaire. You know, I built six multi-million dollar companies. And I'm just going to tell you, it's possible for every single one of your listeners. It really is. There's nothing special about me. I'm not smarter than anybody. I don't work harder than anybody. I don't work smarter than anybody. I'm not luckier than anybody. I did what I was trained to do from Patrick in the book. I really took the helm of my thought and really started to think to grow rich. Some people have had mentors in the past that, that are listening right now. You know, they have the, I've tried that mentality. But what do you think is the major contributing factor from you actually seeing results as you started to spend time with Patrick? It was consistency. Patrick would meet with me every single week. Every single week when I would meet with him, he would just kind of recalibrate my belief. Whenever I would start to get, get off track, whenever I would start to buy into my old story, Patrick was there to kind of just recalibrate and to say, why do you believe that's true? One of the biggest lessons I learned was the difference between fact and truth. For all of you who are listening, and maybe you don't have any money in the bank account as I did, I, I had nothing. You know, maybe you've got all kinds of evidence of the facts of your life that would predict that you would never be able to live your dream. Those are facts. But facts change. Truth never changes. So the facts of your life are not the truth of your life. The fact is, is you may not have money now, but there are things that you can do. I, I, I would say that every single person who's listening, who has a dream, they probably know at least one or two things that they can do, that if they would do, would move them one step closer. And for most of us, we just don't do what we already know how to do because we think that that one little step doesn't matter. The answer to the question of what matters is always everything matters. The universe, God, creation, 
doesn't recognize big or small. It takes the it takes the law of gravity no more effort to keep an elephant on the ground than it does an ant. That's how it is for you and I. And so when we can begin to look at the facts of our life and say, okay, the fact of my life and the results I have now are just a reflection of my thinking six weeks ago, six months ago, or six years ago. It is not an indication of my potential. My potential is infinite. And so the truth of who and whose I am is unlimited. My birthright is dominion over all things. Think about that as a birthright. You have dominion over all things. And what dominion means isn't power. Dominion means authority. You have authority over your checkbook. You have authority over your result. That was probably the big key for me. At some point, you had to make a decision. You had to make a decision that I still have to do the work. What do you think was the biggest uh, help for you to stay focused on you owning the results instead of when things didn't work, you blaming your circumstances or other people or the book's not working for me? How, how did you stay tuned in so you kept doing the work consistently over and over again? And you know, it's a principle of surrender. Surrender is underrated, man. You know, the reason why we have peace in the world today is because the Japanese government, the emperor surrendered. Nothing can happen until you surrender yourself to something. I just realized that my way wasn't working. I figured what I was going to do is I was going to surrender myself to Patrick until I figured out that either he didn't know what he was doing or he was lying. I would do whatever he told me to do. And, and I guess maybe because, you know, as, as, as a student of martial arts, you probably get this, maybe, maybe others don't, but you know, when, when, when you have a sensei, when you have an instructor in the martial arts, you, you, they, they, they can, they can see in you something that you can't see and you have just a faith in them, right? You just have a trust in them. And so I kind of looked at Patrick as kind of, you know, maybe that model was already built in me from that experience of being able to, to, to really just take a command and follow through with it. That's what discipline is. Discipline is the ability to give yourself a command and then follow through with it. I tapped into that, that ability to surrender to someone else. Because of our creative space, we, we have a tendency to also want to do it our way because our way is part of our uniqueness. That's part of our creativity. But that also can sometimes get in our way because then we try to make our circumstances unique to the world. The reason why I can't make it is because my situation is so much different than yours. For those that are listening that are maybe battling with that a little bit, Paul, what, what do you see is the number one thing that people need to do to get out of their own way? Seth Godin talks about this a little bit. He was doing um, a program for entrepreneurs, guys who had just gotten out of prison. He was helping them kind of step into, you know, most of these guys can never get a job. Nobody will ever hire them. They're going to have to go the entrepreneur path. And he said, you know, what was challenging was, was that they were all coming up with these kind of comprehensive, very complicated, you know, unique things. And he's like, look, just think of this as a lemonade stand, right? Don't overcomplicate things. There, there will be a time for you to bring your own uniqueness to something. But chances are what it is that you want to do has already been done at some level by someone else. You don't get points for creativity. You get points (laughs) for results. That's right. right. The market rarely, in very rare cases, gives points for creativity. But they do give points for results. And he said, so 
you know, the most important thing is, is go out and get a result. You need a result in order to improve a result. In the starting point of, of anything is follow a model that's already been done. There's, there's no shame in that. Follow, follow a model. Model yourself after. I mean, you know that I've, I've, you know, I've trained tens of thousands of coaches and speakers. And in the beginning, you know, most, most speakers parrot those that they learn from. And, and the pe- person that they're learning from parroted somebody else that they learned from. There's very few unique, you know, original ideas, right? And, and, but what there are, but there, what there are is, is after, after you've mastered kind of, kind of the, the inner learning model of yourself on how to apply what you've learned into your life. And you develop those, those learning strategies of discipline, those learning strategies of, of how to access the resources within you. You know, one of the questions asked most by artists, who influenced you? And now, you know, I'm an Elton John fanatic. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at, if you, if you look at Elton John, you know, he's, I remember him doing an interview with Eminem. I remember him doing interviews with Lady Gaga. Now, now, Eminem and Lady Gaga are, you know, light years different than Elton John, right? Right. But, but, but they both said, you know, when they first started, they were modeling themselves after Elton John. And so most creatives model themselves after someone else. And then, then they find their own unique voice. Find who you are first. Follow a model that's been proven. And then create a result and then begin to adapt your own unique style. I once heard a statement to emulate before you innovate. We get in our own way because we make our circumstances unique. So we take a look at a model that might be producing great results and we say, well, that worked for them. So I'm going to change this over here and change this over here. And before <laughs> you know it, you, you forget what you changed and, and then you're frustrated because the results don't work. And because we don't have a tendency to own our own <laughs> actions, we want to blame the model that was broken when we were the one that broke it in the first place. You tell a story one time about how you are a master at not knowing how to do something. You just take one step. But one of the most powerful stories that kind of helped me realize that you can do anything that you told was when you were with your cleaning company and you had an opportunity to clean a a sterile room. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I want you to tell that story because it was one of the biggest contracts that you acquired at that time. And it led to a lot more uh, contracts going forward. You didn't have any experience before you even put in the bid for that job. And I think that's so important because so many times we think that we need to have something perfect before we take a step. So I'd love you to tell that story and, and tell us what you learned from that experience. I guess the, the bottom principle here is, is that you, we have to suspend the requirement of knowing how. The truth is, is that you don't know how to do anything. You don't know how to do anything that you haven't already done. The Wright brothers didn't have a pilot's license. They didn't know how to build it. They didn't know how to fly it. And once they got it in the air, they didn't know how to land it. I had an opportunity. It was the Shands Hospital had a chemotherapy clean room. They needed a cleaning protocol to go in and clean a clean room. And I mean, it is a super sterile environment. You have to go through three separate doors and rooms. They're all vacuum and pre- vacuum uh, uh, and pressurized 
in order to go in. You can have no static. There can be no metal. Every surface had a barcode that they could laser print to see how many, how many microbes were on a surface after it was cleaned. And they needed a bid. And I said, look, you know, here's what I'll do is, you know, I'll come in with my team. I have no idea how we're going to do this. But what we'll do is we'll go, we'll go and give us the room for a day. And me and two other guys, I don't know how many hours we spent in, in, in that room. It probably took us three or four hours just to make it into the room because every single time we would, we would do a step, sorry, you know, you violated protocol here. You didn't, you, know, you didn't step on the sticky mat or you didn't fold the sticky mat when you stepped off the surface the proper way. By the time we were done, we had created the cleaning protocol for the chemotherapy uh, clean room for Shan's Hospital. This is a room that's maybe the size of a small hotel room that takes two people about eight hours to clean. And it led to the better part of a couple of million dollars worth of business because once I had the credibility of cleaning that kind of a facility, you know, when I would go into any doctor's office or anything and said that, you know, we, we wrote the cleaning protocol and that our company was the only, you know, licensed certified clean room company in the state of Florida, we could pretty much name our price. The starting point was, you know, we didn't know how to do it. And everybody else who showed up didn't even try. Our beliefs are so powerful. It's not that our beliefs drive our behavior. That in and of itself is, is pretty powerful. I mean, Dr. Maxwell Maltz taught us that we never outperform our own self-belief. The Bible tells us as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That in and of itself is powerful. But what's even more powerful is, is that what we believe also controls what we'll think about. So a person who's earning $50,000 a year, as soon as they get an idea to earn $100,000, rejects the idea. Failure is success's constant companion. Drucker said, fell fast, fell first, and fell off. Everything you do now is a result of the lessons you learn from failure, not from success. If it doesn't go the way that we want it to, or we don't do as good as we think we should, um, that we deem it as, well, I guess that's just not in the cards for me. The first time that you walked into that clean room, before you actually walked out and said, okay, we know how to do this. I think we can, we can do this. How long did it take you to learn that process before you felt like you figured it out? It took us the better part of a week. We spent probably seven or 10 days in the room and I was doing it for free. And I think that's something that's really important too. You've got to put your money where your mouth is. You've got to believe in yourself. And I knew if we could land this account, it would change the game for our company and our credibility forever. It would, it would make us the leading company. You've got to be willing to walk into the casino of life. You've got to be willing to bet on you. And I've seen you do that. Um, that's what I did. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who's, who's done anything significant in their life where they didn't go into the casino life and put it all on themselves. There's a reason why not everybody lives out their dream is your dream doesn't want just some of you. It wants all of you. <laughs> how do you feel like, how do you feel that sets you up for the John Maxwell team and what you did with that? Isn't it beautiful how kind of God works in our lives is, is that, you know, the lesson we learn in one area of our life, you know, feeds our life in every area of our life, anything will work. Mm. So if you're wondering if you could if you could make it as a dancer, the answer is yes. If you're wondering if you can make it as a songwriter, yes. If you're wondering if you can make it as a painter, the answer is anything will work. As a matter of fact, it is a universal impossibility 
Think about this. The entire universe would collapse if you were made aware of an idea. In other words, if an idea comes into your awareness, if you weren't fully resourced to bring that idea into physical manifestation, it's a law. It's an absolute law, just as the universe would collapse if the sun didn't rise on the east. I live on the ocean, and every, I've been there 14 years. Every single day, this morning I watched it. It comes up in the east. The entire universe would collapse if one day the sun came up on the west side of my house. That's called the law of rhythm, and there are seven laws that govern the way that you and I create our lives. It's impossible for you to have an awareness of an idea to tap into the frequency of a thought and not be fully resourced to bring it through. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to get better. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be, that, that you're not going to fail. That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do it alone. That doesn't mean it's not going to be struggle, but you have within you, you are fully resourced to bring any idea that you have in your mind. So if you're doubting your ability to be a dancer, if you're doubting your ability to be a songwriter, a musician, a painter, a poet, if you're doubting that tonight, what I want you to do is I want you to go out, outside your house, look up, find the moon, and realize there are footprints on the moon. And chances are, it was harder for us to put footprints on the moon than it is for you to achieve what it is that you want to do. But that same, those same resources, that same giftedness of intuition and imagination and focus are within you. You just need to direct it to your purpose in a relentless pursuit of a yes. From high school dropout to half a billion dollars in revenue, what you're talking about, you, don't, you didn't just bring it up in theory, but you lived it out and it's proven in your business. And, and uh, you added so much value to this, this episode today and to our listeners. And I just want to say, I appreciate so much uh, coming on the show. You are an awakener for so many people. There are so many people right now who have faith and hope in their dream because you're, you're modeling it for them. You're creating a platform for them and you're speaking life into them. And that's God's work. It really is. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to see, you know, what you do going forward with Empowered Living and how many, how many more lives are, are going to be impacted because I know that that is, uh, you're doing some amazing work there. So again, thank you for all you do. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.